0: is when it just starts to fade. A bit of the crystals are fallen off. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> Somebody's You're giving like, a bit of a knock. You don't look too clever now, <laughs> do you? That's Simon Kincaid,
1: a partner at Conrad and Partners, who was our special guest this week to help us explore flexibility in design and architecture. Design and architecture enthusiasts, wherever you are and however you are listening, welcome to DesignPod with me, Hamish Kilburn, and my co-host, interior designer, Harriet Ford. We have a fantastic guest lined up today, do, indeed. Simon yeah, Kincaid, It's yeah. mm. a partner of Conrad and Partners mm. and I guess this is really inspired by um, the legacy of Conrad and Partners mm. um, and and the legacy that Sir Terence left behind and it's kind of made me question how that must feel mm. um, in a studio to, to have someone so um, well known iconic, and iconic mm. steer it into the eras that it steered itself into mm. and, and mm. now... You know having to really sort of deal with that pressure to move forward mm. but also really challenging misconceptions i guess of, of what people think command and partners is mm. about because mm. it's not about luxury
2: no it's not it's about not.
1: quality but quality yeah. exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. so i'd great. be
2: really interested to hear how simon um how their studio create those environments and those interiors with that with that thought in mind about quality not necessarily luxury
1: absolutely mm-hmm. let's hear the interview
2: yes this series of
1: Design Pod is sponsored by Minotti London, the UK home of the Italian furniture brands that put stylish luxury into unmatched comfort. So, Simon, welcome to Design Pod. This episode is all about sensitively challenging conventions in design. So, I think it's probably best if you could just let us know what your journey's been like in design up to this point, because you're now a partner at Conrad and Partners. But how did it all start?
0: Ooh, well, thanks for having me. great to be great here. Pleasure. Yeah, very hospitable nice so you. far. Um, good question. Tell you've done this before, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I do get some. Uh, even coming here, I get some flashbacks. You know, I've been to the, been to the studio before, um, but it's yeah, it's been a pretty long journey, um, and I feel very proud where I've got to as well. But um, talking to you last week, turns out we went to the same school. We did, <laughs> yeah. So, not going to go that far back. Yeah. But,
2: <laughs> but yeah, we,
0: we didn't cross over. So, it turns yeah. out that you must have been there before me. So, you left
1: a lasting legacy. So, you're considerably older than I am. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> although, although um, kind of on that note, is I, I um, we interviewed some graduates, which we took on two graduates last year on that note. And I kind of jokingly said to them, um, so, oh, when you graduated, um, so when I graduated from the same course, you probably weren't even born. Ha ha ha. And they, and they were like, correct. I
2: yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: so, that's like big advice to anyone for interviews. It's like, be more polite, you know, just kind of skim over these details. Um, but um, I suppose at school, I kind of hid in the art room quite a lot. Oh. You know, I was like, yeah, that was like my side of the brain or my bit that I like doing. So, mm. yeah, if I was supposed to be perhaps, you know, doing science somewhere else, I wouldn't be. I'd be, you know, yeah. pastels out and um, working on my art, to, art, art, art courses. And from then I did a foundation in art and design, which is basically for people who don't know what they want to do, mm. but they like doing that stuff. Mm, they like yeah. hiding in the art room and hanging out mm. with those type of people, Where did you say. do your foundation? Uh, uh, Maidstone in Cambridge, okay. part, of, part of Kyad. Mm. Um, and from there, because you're a bit open-ended, I then kind of found that I like things that were in three dimensions. So sculpture, and kind of maybe making things with your hands or seeing things that come to form rather than say photography mm. or fine art mm. or mm. illustration, graphics, something like that. So then looking around, course, I then found this course called Interior Architecture, mm. which I thought, well, that sounds great because you know, architecture sounds quite grand, but I don't want to do something for seven years. Mm. So looked into this and it was really was some of the principles of architecture, but on the insides of buildings. Mm. So well, that sounds pretty good, and it was quite unusual at the time. I was
2: going to say, I did when I was looking for courses, I never found one because it was a little bit fair. more kind yeah. of
0: interior design, which again could lead lean different ways. Because mm. and there still is a little bit of that kind of um, diversity, should we say, mm. of a little bit kind of more hard edged versus mm. kind of interior decoration. Mm. Which anyway, mm. so this was definitely like hard edge side. Um, so I kind of well managed to you know say the right things when I went to interview, so I got got in there um, and yeah showed some pretty pictures and smiled, and it worked <laughs> <Always> <laughs> um, yeah and that was um, really fundamental I think because the things I learned there what I learned about detail materiality rigor architectural principles mm. kind of put me in very very good stead mm. but it was very creative um, but also very vocational. Like, mm. I think at that time, some, you know, someone might have thought, that is there a bit of a niche here? Is this a thing, like interior architecture, mm. like taking the insides of buildings and mm. journeys and experiences um, very seriously? Like, maybe they thought that. Um, anyway, I kind of bought into it, did that. <laughs> and one of the reasons it was very vocational is that the, one of the years, the third year, was out in placement.
2: Fantastic.
0: So, as soon as you've kind of graduated, you've got a year's industry experience yeah. under your belt, mm. which is not only have you actually worked in the studio mm. and seen real life, and you can't take forever on option Z, you <laughs> need to get it done, yeah. you know, and you've got the deadlines, mm. um, is that you're interacting with 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 your peers, with your clients, mm. and that whole kind of side of it is super valuable, so you've got contacts as well. Mm. Um, so following that, I um, managed to pass. Um, I. George, so, that was, so that was a year and that was at a, a retail and branding agency, mm-hmm. not far from here, actually, um, in Golden Square mm-hmm. in Soho. So fantastic. Great, Great place. Amazing, yeah. Amazing place yeah. to be. Yeah. Yeah. So you're right. right you know, you're, you're right, right in you're it. You're right amongst it, like literally yeah. three minutes from Bond Street, mm-hmm. one minute from Carnaby mm-hmm. Street. Happy Brilliant. days. And, and being yeah. a student,
1: I mean, we've spoken at length mm-hmm. about this, like certain things just can't set you up for the real... And nothing can set you up for, for the real life no. scenario oh, yeah. of, of having to juggle Client demands and hurdles, and also mm. like on, in a project that you're working on at uni, you've got more sort of touch points and more say on things. Whereas mm. in a studio, you're kind of a small cog in a, in a, in a larger machine, yeah and yeah. you have to learn that actually it's, it's those things that keep I think Sam,
2: what they call now sandwich courses are, are invaluable, actually, yeah. it just because those everything. skills of being out, you know, in the real world makes you so much more employable mm. when you do finally go. Well, you appreciate
0: goals, the, like as well. mm. I think the the importance of certain things.
2: Mm. whether and it's, it's hitting the deadline. It. Yeah. Um, it's just actually do you know it's responding
0: very, correctly. It's
2: very fundamental. It's actually turning up to work on time. Yeah. It's actually being able to pick up the phone and ask a supplier some sensible questions about some materials that you need to get in for the samples. And it's just, you know, actually how to conduct yourself in a workplace which a lot of students mm. have not a clue about.
1: Mm. And, and trialing actually, whether it's actually this I've is what you had want to do. I have
2: people come to mm. me who are terrified to pick up the phone. Yeah. And you know, you you've got to do that Mm, yeah Yeah. that's true
0: you're you have to get it done like there's no like oh (laughs) i chose not to yeah (laughs) no no, you're getting paid to yeah yeah,
2: exactly so if they've gone through that pain barrier in a placement before they come to you happy days Mm, yeah you know
0: and where did you go from there um so following following my graduation i worked with two or three different specialist studios so i think what was just kind of one step back there, one of the valuable lessons that I learned from working for that retail and branding agency is that they worked on very different type, with different types of clients. Mm-hmm. So from boutique to high street. Okay, so you're taking each of those briefs as seriously mm. and the scale of it is flexing quite hard. Mm. So you're talking about a small store on Sloan Street through to thousands of thousands of square foot in a department store mm-hmm. or something like that or a high street name. Mm-hmm. So that's what I think that was super useful yeah, in that we, we, we were about, we learned about, I learned about brand, the importance of um, brand guidelines and whether that is for selling a ex you know very expensive piece of clothing mm. or a mass consumable. Tin beans. Mm. The car's taking it seriously.
2: Yeah. They're not, they're still, they're, they still they, want yeah, to sell yeah. their product. Yeah. yeah. So that, yeah.
0: Was, that, was, that was super useful. Um, um, so, the other, with two or three specialist studios, one was working um, more commercial, so big clients, mm-hmm. which again was like, okay, okay, young kind of, you know, graduate, kind of, you could get on, do things. Like, so you're, you're creative, aren't you? You know, so I was kind of thrown in the deep end. Mm. You must have good ideas. No pressure. It's those moments, though, isn't it, where you just have to say yes yeah.
1: and do all yeah. the consequences. Yeah, of course.
2: Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that, that, is, that idea of like just getting on with it and just putting things down on the table is really valuable as mm, well yeah. to anyone, well, probably in any walk of life. Mm-hmm. But you know, I certainly look at that one in, in team members. It's mm. like, please, Showing please, like, let's just talk about the ideas. not might not be right, mm. but it's so good, just going kind to of go for it. Um, but that was interesting to see how big blue chip clients worked. Mm. So you're talking big contracts, names that you recognize in the FTSE 100 or something mm, like yeah. that. It's like, they don't take any prisoners either. Mm. If mm-hmm. you've agreed to do something, mm. It's got to get done. Yeah. So that was, that was pretty good. Um, and, um, but I, I then worked for, I then, then I thought that's great, but I got it, wanted to get into things a little bit more bespoke, a little bit more, I suppose, experiential mm-hmm. as well, a bit more layered. So I worked for a consultancy that specialised in hospitality design at that point. So mainly uh, restaurants and cafes. Mm. So it's all about atmosphere. So it's like everyone looking gorgeous, everyone having great time, mm-hmm. everyone eating good food and service and that kind of flow Um, and that was again was that was kind of you know know, high-end restaurants where you're talking kind of punchy bills Mm. down to high street brands as Mm. well that would be chains that roll out so i saw that idea of um a restaurateur wanting something completely unique Mm. like it wants to be different Mm. i've got this idea they might have Mm. kind of found it somewhere i don't know particular kind of direction in food or menu um versus someone wanting to roll something out. So mm. it's like, right, let's get, it, let's get this as a product mm. and then apply it to different sites. Mm. So again, really different ways of looking mm-hmm. at it, but ultimately it's the same. It's design, isn't It's it? the yeah. same <laughs> product. Yeah, so so, so I, kind of, I kind of enjoyed that a lot as well. But I think you, uh, certainly at that age as well, after you've kind of done a little bit of rolling something out, you're like, ah, oh, I need to move on from this. <laughs> Whereas <laughs> of course there's evolution. Um, and then I, um, from then I worked for a studio that specialised in more retail design. Mm. So they liked the idea, I suppose, when I joined that studio, that I had this hospitality design, because mm-hmm. of course that layers into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and inspiration comes from outside. Yeah. Of yeah. And screeners. there was a time, you know, it feels like a, little, you know, a few years ago now, but it was, it, was, it was after that kind of white box idea of retail, mm-hmm. but it still was like, why are you different? What's your character yeah. in this retail mm-hmm. environment? Mm-hmm. So that, that did a little bit of restaurant design there as well. So 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 that was good fun, and I think all that I was getting more and more responsibility as you mm. can imagine. Doing all that and, and a
1: great time to be in retail design as well. Yeah. just as that sort of progression as starting into a new era.
0: Yeah, it was. There you get some again high street names wanting to stand out, mm. and it's a it's a there's like a lot of psychology involved in retail design mm. as well, mm. and you need to get right down to the detail, the lighting. Even things like fitting rooms, yeah. mm, sales desks these are all things that people remember. then it gets into the branding, like the ticketing, the signage, all this kind of the stuff. time as well. when
2: people didn't notice that and it now yeah. people notice that they're mm. standing yeah. up in the queue waiting to buy something and they're looking around looking at the details
0: mm. yeah, and mm. it, all, it all kind of comes through ultimately mm. that's linked through to that idea of the brand image mm. as well, so yeah. even at that point, I could see that you can you can make a case for something if it's on brand mm. Like maybe in the showroom here, we need to have very expensive lacquer doors on that elevation mm-hmm. because this is a kind of premium product. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine, yeah. sign it off. <laughs> so yeah. that was quite it a good. Was, nice. yeah. yeah, if yeah. it's applicable yeah. to the yeah. brand as well. Um, yeah. So that was. Um, whew, what was I saying there? So yeah. That was from there. Um, I thought, what can I do next? And I was thinking for some. I was looking for something that maybe was a little bit bigger in scale. Yeah. And I think maybe that's just a kind of like a learning curve as well. It's like, great. I've been traveling around the UK quite a lot. I've been seeing these clients. My boss is happy for me to kind of get in front of people, mm. do the presentation, mm. you know, I've got that kind of bit more confidence. Yeah. So I thought, well, what's next? What's bigger? So <laughs> I, the, the position came up at Conran Apartments, which I applied for like proper old school, like hand delivered. Mm-hmm. My uh, my kind of like CV, as Excellent. it were, it wasn't just like <laughs> slamming it to an inbox somewhere, mm. hoping. It was, uh, I wanted <laughs> it was to make sick. sure. We, right were talking, <laughs> we,
2: were, yeah. we were talking with Guy Oliver earlier about um, the how to apply for jobs, actually, these mm. days. And he was saying how lovely a handwritten letter is mm. these days. Something you don't receive.
0: Well, And the, and the, the idea of follow-up mm. as well. Yeah. It's just, I think, in, prob- probably in our industry, that. it's yeah. like, hey, just, just checking. Mm. yeah did you get that mm. you yeah. know i get it quite a lot because i can't yeah. do have a reputation for occasionally missing an email you know? so i think that's fine
2: yeah it's yeah, yeah. fine yeah just yeah. being prompted it
0: yeah.
1: doesn't
2: mean
0: that no, yeah. simon i'm never gonna stop <laughs> handing you yeah. if you don't reply to my emails <laughs> oh
2: you <laughs> set up a rule for your one <laughs> you <know? laughs> straight in the trash <laughs>
0: No, but, um, but yeah, I think it's, it's anyway, that was kind of, <laughs> I think we, we I, can, I remember meeting the kind of the director there at the time and it was kind of like, yeah, we kind of get on, but you know, we're, they were thinking about what projects would be a fit. Um, and then we kind of followed up and, you know, from a position and that was as a senior designer and it was for particular projects. I think to be honest, we used to recruit a little bit like that as well is, you know, I'm thinking like, you know, me then being in that position mm. is like, oh, there's this project coming up. Mm. Uh, what kind of skills do we need? But now we're, bi- we're actually a bit more like, are you a fit for the studio?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And- Can you come and join? And then we're going to work it out.
2: Yeah. Because yeah.
0: it's not, it, the timeframes don't work like that anymore. Mm. There's not some huge lead-ins and things like that, mm. some mm. ideal scenario. Mm-hmm. So I thought that anyway, that's kind of how that played out. And p- pretty quickly, I was given, it's pretty I think, quite strong responsibility mm. in design and in client and consultant handling as well is like you know maybe my tone or mm. whatever what i can mm. actually cor- you know correspond efficiently mm. and to the point and where we'd like to take things I, I with get... with with everyone in the yes
1: team. I, yeah. I get the feeling with command though like once you're once you're in, and you know, you're not once you're in, you're in, but that it is all about getting the right fit more so mm. in that studio than others, perhaps maybe because it's maintaining that, you know, that, that high and that, that legacy that's obviously been there from, from the word go, but there's also a misconception I think with Conrad, and that's that you will only touch luxury projects and actually mm. considering all of the experience you've had in multiple mm. sectors, yeah, it steered you into good stead as to where you are mm. now to be able to sort mm. of take any project and mm. make a narrative.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's quite a few points in there, actually.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's true though, isn't it? I mean, yeah. you know, once you finally... I mean, you seem to me to, to have been that sort of person that was quite inquisitive, always looking for the next thing while you mm. were, you know, succeeding what you were doing at the time. Mm. But you've got to Conrad and you've kind of found your people. And I've spoken to, yeah. to Conrad and they say the same thing because it is about finding the right fit. Mm. And in order to do the work that like lives up to that, that mm. point, you... You have to have that right thing. Mm. You have to almost have that experience or come with a different angle.
0: Mm. Well, I think what, what happened <clears throat> is I was involved in international projects quite quickly. Mm. So what, 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 we, what we have as a studio is that kind of global exposure and point of view,
2: mm.
0: which does give you a lot of confidence. So if it's crossing over on different typologies of design, the fact that we may be working on a project in different territories is, is really kind of powerful. Mm. in that sense. So it, does, so it does give you that kind of confidence um, and yeah, we'll, we'll apply our approach to these different typologies mm. or different projects, what, whatever it is. And it certainly isn't going to be budget driven mm. because I mean, talking about the kind of legacy, Terence's legacy is, is, very, is very democratic, you know, good design improves the quality of people's lives that's what he would say it wouldn't say expensive design exactly. mm. or exclusive design mm. it's about good design yeah. and the design museum itself is probably I think one of his kind of best legacies is a mm. kind of design related is that that's what it's saying It's saying come and learn about design it might be an everyday object
1: mm. it
0: might be a very expensive way of tooling mm. for an everyday object so, but if you're going to make millions of them um, so I think that that's definitely, you know, yeah. come, comes so through.
1: Quality and expensive are the two words that aren't always, they don't need to be paired up together yeah. and they are sometimes mm. wrongly paired up together because it isn't about the expensiveness of a, of a product, of a project actually, it's about the value and the quality that's, that's left behind.
0: Yeah, I think a, an, another kind of quote or kind of position that Terence would take a lot is like that good design is a is a positive partner for commercial success. Mm. And that's not saying that it has to push everything up to some luxury level. It's just if you've thought about it and it's been I well considered. say, that's a
2: considered, yeah. that yeah. says to me, considered design. Yeah.
0: Mm. That doesn't
2: necessarily mean slapping on a load of marble and Swarovski crystals yeah. onto mm. it. That just means thinking about how the person's going to use it. Mm.
0: I think, mm. so your point about preconceptions, I think that comes from some of the, some of those legacies that Terence left about fine dining restaurants mm-hmm. as well, mm. some which he set up. After kind of, you know, obviously having a passion for it, mm. it is expensive if you want to take eight people to Pont de la Tour and <laughs> go big, you know, it is. Mm. If you want to go in the Conrad shop and, yeah. you know, perhaps fully furnish your house, mm. that's going to be a big ticket. Mm-hmm. Um, but not everything is like that, because in the contrast is with furniture design and retail design, Terence set up Habitat, which was like ultimately bringing mm. design to the people, but back I do sixties. Yeah, I don't perceive
2: the the food might be fine, but I don't I I don't have a perception of those interiors as being chowy. Mm. Or I've, I feel they're more egalitarian yeah. than not in mm. terms of the way they're furnished. So the furniture itself might not be, you know, you might be using tonne or something like that. Yes. You wouldn't be using some incredibly expensive thousand pound chair. In re- I mean, you wouldn't necessarily in a restaurant anyway. But it's, it was about the food experience more than about the way the actual f- restaurants were fitted out. I always get sense.
0: Yeah, it was. You're, you're right. It's it's There's a classic kind of... and style yes. to those mm. restaurants at the mm. time as well, which might not have been on every street corner mm. for sure, but it right. wasn't, um, I suppose, gratuitous in any no, way. No. It, no. Was, it was still wanted to be accessible. Exactly, yeah. but the food yeah. might
2: have been right yes. up there. And that way that may yeah. not so accessible, but the actual style, I always think of the style as being extremely accessible. Mm.
0: So uh, the various, I think if you kind of look back at that kind of catalog of, of restaurants, and uh, some are more theatrical than others, mm which is part of something that would, you know, we still do bring to a design. It's almost mm. what I call like almost like the fourth dimension. We mm. actually, we talk about it in the studio. It's like, what do you bring that is the memory for the, for the guest mm. or for the resident mm. or for the customer? Mm. And it's soft and atmosphere. Mm. So it's how do you create that? So it's beyond, <laughs> Sounds about at the top beyond no. the three dimensions. No, no, but it's, it's, it's like an extra layer. It, it? And that was layers. is also to do with service. I was just about like to say that, yeah. I think that's mm. about
2: that's about service because mm. it, it isn't that extra dimension humanity of some sort. Yeah, um, humanity. It, at its best.
0: Empathy, yeah. Yeah, oh, at yeah. its best.
2: So mm. it's it's uh, the service a good service culture.
0: Mm. And that that was kind of probably ingrained in what well, is still ingrained into the studio, because that um the, the lot of um, elements that we were designing, well, the team were designing back in the day, were um, owned by Terence as well. So he mm. was the designer,
2: yeah.
0: owner, operator, because mm. yeah. so you are, total so, control. and I, no, I've been there as well. So when, you, when you're presenting to someone who absolutely knows what they're talking about, total mm. expert, they will pick out Terrifying. The, the thing that doesn't work yeah. and it's often <laughs> to do with how they're going to serve you. Or how it's right. going to work yeah. as, a, as a machine, as you see, like behind the scenes. And yeah, I think that was a, a, an eye that, that yeah. Terence would have as well. You know, straight away. It's like, you know, where's <laughs> where are the waiter stations? Where's the kitchen mm. pass? Yeah. What's the light the scene setting going to be on the mm. lighting? Mm. Where's the signage? I mean these could maybe sound basic, but yeah, it's like fundamental. He's got
2: his eye on every <laughs> yeah. single little little yeah. thing. Yeah.
1: It's those people that, that have the power to change the game, though, mm. really, because you look at uh, designers and operators. So, for example, Ennis Moore, as an example, mm. like, they have the power because they are designers, operators, and they are you know, working mm. completely mm. internally to um, put forward ethical um, mm. initiatives mm. in order to show the rest of the industry yeah. from a value as, a, as an operator but also as a designer as well. We know the mm. materials and actually from, you know, we, we've looked at our bottom line and the budgets and it worked and this is the way we're gonna go from now and mm. we're gonna really focus on that. Yeah. It's those people, the same as Sir Terrence mm. who was able to like, you know, really have ownership over his products and mm. projects, who was able to really like create that that new path for us, I think. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: it gives a it's a, there's a confidence in there and the yeah. ability to see it through. For sure. So yeah, there's it's no there's no conflict between
2: the two. It's it's a done package and so mm. you've got the power to create, yeah. really. Yeah, And yeah.
0: I think you're, you're, one of your other points earlier was about kind of the, the differentiation in project as well. So we'll apply particularly our thinking, mm. which will be a little, which will which hopefully have some kind of timeless qualities because mm. it's not going to be fashion led, I'd say. Mm. So, so we're influenced by context and by narrative and also we're very, very, we, well, we try our best to fix the brief very well early mm. on with clients as well. So if we can get that, often we're also appointed to write the brief. I was
2: just about to say. as well. Yeah, yeah, that's really common. Or to help
0: evolve the brief. Mm. And certainly when we're kind of on early stages on projects, we'll be asking kind of informed questions to think about sharpening up that brief Mm -hmm. so that it can really hopefully satisfy or satisfy really what we think the ambition is. mm. Mm. It's like reading between the lines sometimes. It's like maybe you don't need that, maybe you need this. How about for a month we work on this?
2: Do you find clients who are quite surprised at the the kind of questions you're asking them and the detail they're going you're going into and the the routes your the pathways you're taking them? Because i found sometimes they're a bit resistant to it because they cha- they feel like they you're challenging their brief but their brief is inadequate for your needs. Mm. And therefore you need to expand it because there's all sorts of things that need to be taken into consideration that they mm. haven't thought of. And yet they actually find that quite difficult to answer because mm. they haven't actually formulated it in their own heads. Yeah,
0: you're, you're right. There's, there's a, a, a skill and an art, I think, about not over-complicating it mm. for the client. Like if you were to come in with that attitude and make it sound like you're complicating it mm. for them, it's going to kind of, it's not going to end well. No, You want to come in and simplify it. So yeah, that but would be the yeah. still
2: crystallize what they're after. Mm. So, late, so once you then start taking it to concept stage, you actually are getting, you're hitting nails on heads rather mm. than missing the mark.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the, the the beauty of it is that if you can get that right, get that signed off. So you've got this concept vision, this brief, everyone's excited. Everyone's on the kind of looking at look, look, looking the same way is you can then refer back to it and it becomes then objective rather than subjective. Mm. So you're then saying, Does that respond correctly to the brief and the vision we agreed? Mm. Yes or no? Mm. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> and if no, then why not? And yeah. but if yes, and so um, and. Rather than it being subjective in that we didn't rewrite really that down. I thought we said this. Yeah. I like green today. Mm-hmm. I want to have it all all on one level. No, I want it on two levels. So it kind of I think I think that just helps enormously Big time. Mm. in get, getting the job done mm. as well. Really? Oh, totally. And if you want to change it along the way, that's which quite well, a lot of our clients do. Yeah. That's yeah. great. Yeah. We'll just have a version B of it and kind of say, great. Well, why? Mm-hmm. And let's make sure because often it's for a sensible reason mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. has changed mm-hmm. yeah and it's, don't be shy about that that's mm-hmm. the worst thing do <laughs> it's like plow on yeah, without yeah, acknowledging sure. yeah. that yeah, yeah, yeah. um and yeah different clients handle that in different ways mm. and we're working with um a kind of what i call big businesses like established um, um companies who are looking for kind of specialist consultancy through to independent more boutique kind of um owners or operators mm. as well and they both have their ways of working.
1: And challenges and
0: opportunities. Yeah, exactly. Mm. They, yeah. Both, they both do. And you ha, you ha, I, I suppose what I've learned as well is about how to maximise those opportunities and how to work with all of those. And the questions to ask in order to work well. out where yeah. the client's going. Because they say. can be quite double-edged, like with the independent owner,
2: mm.
0: you might step up to that situation and think like, uh-oh, this is difficult. It's down to like one person's decision. What mood are they in that day? Um, mm. What have they seen before? Um, What what what's going to happen? Like it could it could be, like, be like you can be like a bit of a kind yeah, of can be like what do they <laughs> yeah. what magazine do
2: they read over the weekend?
0: Yeah, yeah who do they talk to? I've heard yeah. that before. Is like someone yeah, yeah, yeah. said, oh, um,
2: my friend who's got a yeah. cafe down the road thinks da 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 da. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: and so these these other opinions can layer in. Mm. Um, But on the other hand, is when it is an individual, and you can you've you've got their eye, and you've you've got their ear, and you've you've learnt what they're looking for. And you're on the same page, like you're super collaborative. Mm. It can be the smoothest journey, yeah, because it's very casual, it's very natural. You're like a trusted advisor, mm. Mm. and we have a lot I can of.
1: Imagine as well, you have a lot of repeat business as well. You have your clients who stay, you know, loyal clients for mm. a long time, so that you you constantly then know what they're looking for, and you can almost give them that before they know.
0: Yeah, that which is which is really valuable <coughs> for them because mm. you're saving time and you're saving building that relationship because it's already there. Mm-hmm. So straight away you're into the good questions. You're in <laughs> you're in, you're, in in, you're into pushing it further. <laughs> yeah. It's because yeah. you've already you've already done that yeah. and yeah. also learn from another project. Yeah. So yeah. that so we've got you know, two, you know quite a handful of projects actually you know, our clients where we've got multiple projects even on the go at once. Yeah. So we're kind of crisscrossing ideas oh, learning from one that consultant suggested that. Yeah. So it's really um collaborative and powerful way of working. We want to
1: know about your projects, but before we do, we're going to go into a quick fire round. So my first question to you is, um, which interior design trend do you hope never returns?
0: <laughs> this could be a long list, can there, can there? You have to um, it go down though. Okay, I think something that is uh, a bugbear is this idea of blinging things up. Yeah. like this idea of gilding the lily. Mm. And there was a bit of a craze of like dipping things in crystal almost. <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> and
0: I, I think that is just it's just so shallow. Mm. a fake that I just that I just that really gets that mm. gets me. <laughs> that's like got to go in you know room 101 that has, especially <laughs> yeah. the, best, also the worst bit about it or maybe the bit that gets, gives us satisfaction in critiquing mm. it is when it just starts to fade. Mm. A bit of the crystals have fallen off. Something's giving
2: me a bit of a knock You don't
0: look too clever now, <laughs> do you? <laughs> Which is just about it's not about the it's not about the quality of material no, which like, i think we'd yeah you know, i'd certainly like to think that you can kind of scratch it a bit deeper mm. and it's gonna it's gonna last mm-hmm. yeah, not, not everything has change. to yeah, but that's yeah. just the worst case yeah of like pat- the, the, that's not patination. The, the thinnest yeah. veneer as it <laughs> the were thing doesn't yeah so veneering over <laughs> yeah, things yeah, like yeah, that yeah. painting yeah. over the cracks <laughs> so yeah that that's probably okay, but yeah as that's long as yeah my other one was going to be um, Colour changing lighting oh, as well. Oh. Yes, no, I yeah. totally agree with you on that one. Yeah, I think in we, the all, shower we all we all especially. know <laughs> we all know like that. Yeah. But yeah, that makes oh, it makes me cringe.
2: So mine is um, back to fundamentals: pencil or mouse.
0: Um, pencil. Good. Yeah. In fact, I got it's a it's a good one. I've got these um, oh, I think these these pencils. i kind got of blackbird or something like that, but they're these really well made pencils, mm. and I've got them in white,
2: mm. and then
0: I've got the Apple pencil in white as well. So it's like analog and digital. Oh, oh. yeah, oh. but I do use the analog more often. Okay, I tried yeah. the digital
1: pencil the other day. My friend's mm. a tattooist, and mm. she came round, and I was literally just playing around with her iPad, and mm. it was it's fascinating, really uh, mind blowing to me. I'm the worst artist in the world, the worst, but it's so realistic. So are we
2: just talking about the styluses, the regular stylus, or is this the, a new, the, a new thing?
0: Pen yeah, use? yeah, so on the episode,
1: yeah. and it, it, it's um it um.
2: Uh, monitors how hard you're pressing down. Yeah. Oh, you okay. Really yeah, yeah. Okay. so it's
0: almost like a spray on an on a aerosol yeah. okay. if you press okay. harder. Okay. But yeah, that, that's it, the, the, the black wing. Okay. So okay. pencils. Okay. So they oh, look pencils. like the white <laughs> slides. Yeah. They
2: look cool. Yeah. That's
0: so very cool. Yeah. so I think so, I, I just kind of use them absolutely a I love bit more. that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mainly mainly because I'm not actually I, I'm not on the tools on CAD mm. actually yeah. as much yeah. anymore. Mm. So <laughs> it is about just hopefully sketching something <laughs> yeah. out rather than yeah. working it out accurately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leave that to someone else. <laughs>
1: yeah. um, what's the one <laughs> item you can't travel without?
0: Cool, <laughs> that is a good question. Other than your passport, yeah, other than your passport, mm. that's a good question. Having said that about like notebook and pencil, I think the item I'm probably wanting to pack first is the iPad and charger, as well. Yeah, because it's such a powerful device. Mm. Yeah, from so as soon as you get in so the cab, when, as soon as you, you get on the, the plane, mm. yeah, it's mm. just got everything there. Yeah, yeah, so whether it's zooming back to home, or Writing an email or mm. getting on with some work as mm. well. So, mm. prob- probably, other than you know, swimming trunks. <laughs>
2: Final question, more personal hummus or guacamole?
0: Oh, guacamole. Yes. Yeah. It's linked to a more spicier evening, I think, with guacamole. <laughs>
1: We'll leave that one there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So tell us a bit more about some of the projects you're working on now, that you can tell us about because so many designers these days have so many NDAs to every contract. Mm. What can you tell us?
0: Um, well, I think there is a healthy balance there between those kind of bigger projects. Now, talking about like the bigger projects with clients is mm. those larger clients. I actually enjoy the fact that you have to go through steps to get things signed off. If We talked about the individual. It actually is really disciplined mm. in like get this step signed, up, get this step signed. Up. Once it's signed off, it's often like, no, 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 that was signed off. Get on with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I kind of quite like that, yeah. that side of things. Um, and I think referring back to the idea of context as well. We've worked, we've got um two Park Hyatt projects that are on the drawing board. Well, the one in Auckland opened open last year, the one in Jakarta's opening this year. But they're a similar brief. Mm. So similar it's the same brand, but they're in completely different contexts mm. as well. So it's applying our approach, but with these different locales involved. So you get these different outputs as well. So we're working on um, the kind of bra- branded hotels like that, which are you know super projects to work on because Can you tell
1: us the the design um look and feel of both and how they how they differ without giving away too much um, really in
0: trouble, Simon? I think it's a bit. It's a bit too, I think it's a, I think again. it's a bit too layered that. To be fair with you,
1: yeah.
0: I think we'd we'd talk you through like a narrative, which doesn't have to, you know, which wouldn't take too long, yeah. But it's about it having a sense of place, yeah. As well, so it might be to do with a colour palette, material palette, mm. details, craftsmen we work with, mm. others we collaborate with, um, and working on a, a new hotel in, in Poland with with our client Puro. We worked on a project in Kashmiris and Krakow uh, about about four years ago now. We're working on a new site with them, which is a 380-bedroom mm. hotel, mm. loads of amenity. That's fantastic. Um, that? And that's in Wrocław, as well, which I've learned yeah. to pronounce accurately. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's very, very layered culturally, yeah. and really ambitious clients, and that's really exciting as I've never as been, well. to
2: Poland, wow. I've been to Poland, actually. I've been to Africa. go um, And that's, yeah,
0: that's an example of the client mm-hmm. we're working with who, they're almost the creative director as well. Mm. And we, we, we talk the same design language, mm. and it's always so a very helpful. positive process. Mm. Mm. Um, so that's going well. And I think in, in that, you're talking about different typologies earlier, is within the hotel, there are residences as well. Within the hotel, there's a spa, within the hotel, there's a restaurant, a bar, a cafe. There's also a shop, a design shop we're looking at. There's a brewery mm. we're looking at. There's all these different types of experience under this umbrella idea of a hotel. Mm. It's almost like the guest rooms just happen to be there,
2: mm.
0: which is this kind of crossover of typology. So we'd work, we've been working on retail projects that have a cafe in them. Mm-hmm. Sounds obvious. Cool, yeah. of, course. Why, of course. You have to almost now. But then we work on a cafe that is selling the product as mm-hmm. well. So those mm-hmm. two flip over, mm-hmm. like the old analogy of a hotel feeling like a home mm-hmm. and a home mm-hmm. feeling like... so. It's. What we're also working on now is um, a few projects which are it's called build to rent. It's not the kind of most kind of snappy of title, but it's kind of multi-tenant um, rental property. Mm. So some of those may have hundreds of apartments as a collective that you're renting rather than buying, mm. and they really are hotels, but they're long stay. Mm. So the amenities that they have in them are on par, if not more than a hotel, because you're living there. Mm -hmm. If you want to have a gym somewhere Mm -hmm. you're living, Mm -hmm. it's not just like, oh, I'm staying there for a night or a week. Mm -hmm. It's got to be a really good gym. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the kind of quality of these amenities that are Mm -hmm. going into this this typology is really strong. And they want to have a strong design narrative and direction. Why is it different from the competitor? That's something I'm really passionate Mm -hmm. about is differentiation Mm -hmm. in any design we're working on is, yes, you can study precedent. Yes, you can get inspiration from what's happened before, but why are you different? Mm -hmm. And that's what I think is quite interesting about these typologies is actually where you're living and staying in hotel rooms or residential. Like it to be different, Mm -hmm. but what's the lobby like? What's the lift lobby like? What's the amenity spaces like, Mm -hmm. the cinema, the gym? Why is it of that place? Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And why is it different to um, another apartment you might rent or Mm -hmm. buy or hotel you might take? Which you're, you're seeing all the time, Hamish, every yeah. hotel you're going to, you, you're probably <laughs> thinking, like, what what am I taking? Is the memory yeah, of the this first being thing different? We think about
1: is is well, what's the design narrative? Because there's it's always it's going to have a hotels always going to have gone through a journey of transformation from what mm. people conceived it at its beginning to how it got completed. But also, the sense of place is just so huge. Like we'll, we'll start any article pretty much with with talking about the the local. Um, the local area and, and why that hotel works within that space and, and when we're deciding which hotels to cover it's that well what ho- why is that hotel what impact has that hotel made since mm. since opening or mm. being designed on, on the mm. local community and I think yeah. it's the same when you're designing as well there's so many crossovers and it's mm. it's interesting to me because this whole Episode is on sensitively evolving, mm. you know, in a meaningful way. And, and that's really what Conrad and Partners has done every mm. single time by taking a brief and taking the the brief and, and looking at it uniquely mm. from others. Yeah. And that and community really at the narrative within that hotel, that or, community or
0: context as well mm. is inviting um, others into the hotel mm-hmm. or others into the space, which historically didn't necessarily have be been the case. It was a little bit more hard-line than that. Yeah. Um, so mm. blurring it like that is really important.
1: Yeah, totally. And also being subtle. So mm. even if people are walking in, they may not even realize when they're checking out that actually deep down, subconsciously, they're, they're taking it all in and having mm. a nice experience because of that mm. design detail that goes in.
0: Yeah. Mm.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, the sense of arrival is critical. Mm. First five, 10 seconds. Would you say yes. there's
1: more emphasis on the public areas these days?
0: Yes. And it's breaking it down from what's expected as well. It's like you're walking in. the Project we're working on. It's, it's not like it's not even called the lobby. Mm. We're calling it something else. Mm. It's like quite well, like the brand hall. It's almost okay. like how you then transition into other experiences in the yeah. hotel. So the, the concierge desk, which we've all seen many times before, is just not front and center. Mm. Yeah. You know how do you engage with staff? That's really well. interesting. You say that. So,
1: well, I've seen a hotel that um, started. Uh, um, well, it's a new brand, but they've got merchandise. So yeah. for the fact, like, so, and it's super quirky, super cool stuff, and it's like that has sort of blurred the boundaries into retail kind of thing because mm. they're selling that as a revenue stream, mm. but also adding to the brand value as well, and mm. that is all in the lobby. It's no longer mm. a lobby where you just wait to get your key to go to your. Yeah, room. Yeah, and it's
0: a physical connection back to the brand yeah. as well. Is whatever that small item is that they've partnered up with. So in in hotel projects we've worked on, we've worked with artists on I think the project recently designed the bed throws, mm. which actually you could buy mm. if you were interested. Mm-hmm. So there's not, you know, it's not like they're a mass market item. Mm. Mm. So I, th- I think that it just adds to people's well, guests experience.
1: And, and if done well, it's not, doesn't just then look like a money grabbing opportunity for the operator yeah. actually. It's gotta it's
0: be incidental yeah. and subtle. Incident yeah. No,
2: I can imagine, you know, um, in the Conran shop in Marlebone where you've got things under glass cases, you know, under glass, you've got objects and lovely things, almost like a museum kind of display. Mm. Uh, also, it makes me think of um, the Japan, it's called the Japan Store in High Street Kensington. I don't know if you've been there. Um, next to oh, High Street Kensington. No, it's called oh, Japan. Oh,
0: yeah.
2: Uh, is The Japanese Japan shop? Japan store? I forget whatever. But again, in typical Japanese way, everything is beautifully presented in almost museum style mm. presentation. Mm. If you put that into a lobby of a hotel, it looks lovely things in lovely, precious little boxes. And it doesn't look like retail at all, but you can actually buy these things.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, well, that's that's harking back to the era of the little kind of display boxes that used to be in grand hotels.
2: Yeah, 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 <laughs> down the wall. They used to be bringing oh, yeah, those I'll back. I'll, 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 it'll come back. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll see it one of your next projects. But it's um, yeah, it's, it's well that's kind of blending. But it's blending things into different functions. Yeah, sort of kind of fusing them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, different
1: sectors as well. that like yeah. whole you know retail into hotels mm. and F and B into retail. It's mm. all it's all blowing into one, mm. which is interesting because actually I think that's where the inspiration comes from. Mm.
0: So what what we found is when we've got those different blends going on on the drawing board. We're talking about, you know, we talked about the hotels, residential, retail, F and B. kind of, it's all, and when they're actually different versions of each other as well, and they're all crossing over, and they're all on the same drawing board, as yeah. in all in our same studio, which isn't that big a studio, but they're all kind of cross fertilizing and blending as well. So hopefully, it can take it to the next step. Yeah, which yeah. if we really want to link it back about you know, about some you know, Terence and some of those trailblazing. Yeah. Um, Commercial kind of moves he may—that would be lovely that we're layering that in to our clients and how they're mm-hmm. evolving with mm-hmm. brands and experiences and well, yeah. as well. Yeah, really yeah. thinking too hard about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. even saying it out loud is something that just kind of seems to just happen. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, <laughs> but yeah, we are. That's just yeah, that's it's just an everything. output. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's which is output. the best way to evolve yeah. really mm-hmm.
1: sensitively
2: mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. How website? big is your studio?
0: Um, we're about fifty designers. Okay, yeah. it's um, such
1: a lovely studio, your mm-hmm. new home. Yeah,
0: it's it's world. playing out well actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. we're all kind of come back now. But
1: I also like the fact that you're all downstairs, or, or the majority of the office. We're about.
0: I'm. I, I, I'm upper level. You are. So yeah. <laughs> Tina's downstairs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um But yeah, we've got. We have a studio in Hong Kong as well. Yeah. Mm. So we've got a dozen over there as well, which mm. you know, we're talking to every morning. Yeah. yeah. A lot of crossover. Yeah. So. That's good. I'm not um,
2: going over there too often. Do they still have three weeks quarantine, um, or are they are they are they um yeah it's it
0: it's yeah they kind of that is the whole, you, we're hoping that does really you know, ease off, but it's going to be the hardest place mm. actually. Yeah, yeah, really hard um, there. But we have got a few trips booked in now. Actually, yeah, nice. so yeah, not necessarily nice to there, but. Traveling it is all happening again yeah.
1: well thank you so much Simon we've run out of time but it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast yeah, yeah fascinating
0: so thank you. Oh, thank absolute you. pleasure for me yeah, thanks yeah, yeah. great
1: to meet
2: you great yeah, to chat really great. so Hamish wasn't that a great great Simon. to you Simon's brilliant isn't he do you he? know what's
1: really funny so, so yes we went to the same school I know but what Simon doesn't know is I was completely different to him I did my art homework in biro <laughs> <laughs> And got numerous detentions for it. <laughs> I just had no time for art. Yeah, I know. But
2: look at you, both successful, successful men. You know, do excelling and it in your own fields. It just comes together.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. totally. It exactly. is a real um, Simon is a real example of uh, you know you can do so much early on, and and nothing that you do is mm. is isn't for anything. It's not for nothing.
2: Not for nothing, exactly. It, it really
1: does work towards something. And, and certainly within the brands that he now works for at Comrade and Partners that gave him so much value. Mm, the the, mm. the touch points he had on other industries mm, and other mm. projects and the inspiration he conjected into that from mm. other places, I think that's absolutely key it's and so valuable. fascinating,
2: his journey, actually, wasn't it? It was really good to hear how somebody can, you know, take their lives. Since I don't know how consciously he did. I mean, obviously, some of it he was really thinking about, but he obviously had an in, inbred sense of where he wanted to go, all this mm. rough direction, and, uh, and he followed that. And um, he's really uh built his level of experience up by Mm. his various different um companies that he worked for yeah totally
1: i think also like this this episode was was more about um sensitively evolving and retaining Mm. a legacy and and actually we've kind of covered that without really having to cover it because it's so effortless Mm. that that evolution and that that um the the way in which Simon and his team work Mm. it's so um formulaic in the sense of you know we have to understand the narrative but so unique for Mm. each project it's it's actually really beautiful to see yes
2: because because you get a real sense of the values of the business and the values Terence Conrad's values being carried on with Relatively effortlessly, with because because they are just about quality and about serving well, mm. and that sense just follows through through really comfortably. And yeah. I can't
1: wait to see what those Park Hyatt hotels mm. look like and actually how different they they yeah. feel. Yeah,
2: Auckland to Jakarta. Mm. It'd yes, be interesting to get a
1: journalist different. to review them at the same yeah. time.
2: Can I carry <laughs> your bags? <laughs> yes. Come on, please do it.
1: Shotgun <laughs> <truck> Auckland. <laughs> so our next episode is really about taking things um, back a bit and actually understanding more about Minotti's um, journey Mm -hmm. on on how these amazing luxury um, furniture products are are made and we're going to speak to one of the designers who was crucial behind one of the 2021 collection Mm -hmm. pieces so uh, more on that next time
2: lovely excellent